We are on Chagiga Dafir Ches Amr Aleph in the Ars Gemara's It's on 18A1. Just one point before we begin the Gemara. In about two recordings, probably on Wednesday or Thursday, probably Thursday, we were we are going to start the last third of the Masechta of this tractate. We have basically ten weeks left until we complete the tractate, which is very exciting, and it's a completely different topic. Starting from in uh, two recordings from now, it will be a totally new topic. And it's, it is a bit appropriate for the time being. It's about Tumah and Tahara, about purity and impurity and transferring over impurity and various laws with regards to your hands and when it touches others and the impurity that is transferred over. This is talking about a spiritual impurity, not a physical impurity, but it, it, is, uh, it is timely nonetheless. And so it should be, uh, it should be topics which in general, are pretty foreign to us. It has to do with when you become impure, so then you're not allowed to go enter, enter into the base of Megdash, into the temple. Uh, but now it, it is a bit timely. And so if you know if you know of anybody that would want to join for this new topic, uh, please let them know. We will probably start this on Thursday in two recordings from from today. Okay, but our Gemara right now, going back to our Gemara, the Gemara is discussing Tashlumen of uh, Shavuos. That how do we know that there's a source that on Shavuos, which is a one-day holiday, that even though it's a one-day holiday, you have the right to bring the various unique korbanos, the unique sacrifices of that day, over the course of the next uh, six days. So you have seven days in total to bring it. So we already brought two sources for this idea, and now the Gemara is about to bring a third source, and they're going to question this third source. So Gemara says, Rish Lakish Amar, Rish Lakish says, the verse says, Chag HaKatsir. Shavuos is referred to as the festival of the harvest. So this is similar to the second source. But here it defines the uh, the holiday as the festival of the harvest. What's the holiday in which you can both uh, have a holiday and also harvest uh, during the holiday? Have Omer is it must be referring to Shavuos. On Shavuos, you are seemingly allowed to harvest, even though there's a prohibition to do this on the holiday itself. On the end of itself, you're not allowed to uh, to cut the harvest. So the Gemara asks, Amos, when, was, when is this? If it's on the holiday itself, that one-day holiday in Israel of Shavuos, is it ever permissible to reap the harvest? Is it ever permissible to cut off the, harv- the, the produce? And you're not allowed to do that on the yant of itself. On the yant of itself, you're not allowed to do that. That's a prohibition. Elalav l'tashlumen. It must be referring to tashlumen. It must be referring to the compensation period of the next six days. So that you have seven days in total to bring these various sacrifices. That is the opinion of Rish Lakish. That's his source. Now Rabbi Yochanan is going to come and question this source. So Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says to Rish Lakish, Elamayata, if this is true, Sukkis, which is called Chaga Asif, Sukkis is called the festival of the ingathering, the ingathering of the produce. Ezu Chag What is the holiday which has the ingathering? Havi Omer It's referring to Sukkis. So the question is here too: to gather the produce together in the field itself is also a prohibition on the days of Yantiv itself. There's also a prohibition. So the Gemara asks, and it would also be prohibited not just on the days of Yantiv, but it would also be prohibited on the intermediary days, that on Sukkot and on Pesach, 
These are uh, holidays that last seven or eight days in Israel. And the Yantiv itself is just the first day and the last day, but the in-between days are the intermediary days. And even on those days itself, there's also a prohibition. So what is it referring to? Elim Yantiv, it's referring to on the Yantiv itself, Malacha Yantiv Mishari. Is it Malacha to perform this action of gathering the, 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 the ingathering of the crops? Yeah, that's prohibited on Yantiv. El B'chol HaShemoed, but you're going to tell me it's Cholomoed, the intermediary days. Those also, not Mishari, there it's also, who says it's allowed on Cholomoed? Even though on Cholomoed, during the intermediary days, we are much more lenient with regards to that which you could do and that which you can't do. But at the end of the day, there are still many things which are prohibited, including the ingathering of the crops. So it can't be it can't be allowed on Cholomoed, it can't be allowed in Yantiv. So when we say Chag Asif is referring to Sukkot, what is it referring to? There's no other part of Sukkot. The Tashlumen, the Kam... The, comp- the compensation period for the Karbanos are throughout Sukkot. It's only within the, the time frame of Sukkot. El Chag is Manasifa. So Rabbi Yochanan says, when it says Chag it's not saying that you could actually do the ingathering on the holiday itself. It's just describing the time period. It's the time period of the ingathering of the crops, but not that you could actually do that on the holiday itself. So Hachanami, Chag is Man Katsir. So Rabbi Yochanan says, so too when it comes to Shavuos. When it says Chag Katsir, it doesn't mean that you're actually allowed to um, you reap the, uh, the, the the harvest during that time on Shavuot itself. It's just referring to the overall time period. This is the time period of the harvesting time period, but it doesn't mean that you're actually allowed to do that on the holiday itself. And then that rejects Rish Lakish because Rish Lakish wanted to say that it must be referring to the to the six days after the holiday. And Rabbi Yochanan is saying, no, what are you talking about? Just like on Sukkot, Chag Asif, doesn't mean that you're actually allowed to do the Asifa, do the ingathering on Sukkot, but it's just referring to the overall time period. So to when it comes to Shavuos, it calls the Chag Katsir, not to tell us that there's some time that's called Shavuos outside of that one-day holiday, but really it's just referring to the overall time period. The overall time period is the time of the Katsir, of when you, of when you reap the harvest. Okay, that's what Rabbi Yochanan says. And that's the end of the discussion of the Tashlumin period of Shavuos. We had three different sources for this idea that there's a concept of Tashlumin of this uh, time period of six days after the holiday of Shavuos, a total of seven days in which you could bring these various sacrifices. Those were the three sources that we brought down. The Gemara now is going to get into a totally different discussion. The Gemara says, The fact that Rabbi Yochanan said, in Rabbi Yochanan's discussion, he said, seeming, he said that on Cholomoed, there's a prohibition to do malacha, to do forbidden activity, that not just on the Yantiv itself, of the first day of the holiday of Pesach and Sukkot, and on the last day of the holiday of Pesach and Sukkot, is, there, is it forbidden to do uh, malacha, to do labor, to do the, the 39 prohibited uh, actions, uh, with some ex- exception with regards to if it's uh, for cooking or for your own personal needs. But it seems to imply that on on, on Cholomoyed also, there's also this prohibition. This prohibition also applies during the intermediary days. So the Gemara asks, how do we know? What's the source for this? What is the source that uh, that this is prohibited? So the Gemara now is going to go through five different sources. And that's what it's going to cover during this uh, the first side of this page. Five different sources for the idea that we find in the Torah that there's a prohibition on Cholomoyed itself. Now, just to explain... There is a big discussion as to what exactly is the level of the prohibition to do these activities on Chol HaMoed. There are some, there's a school of thought that says 
that this is a biblical prohibition, which fits with our Gemara. The Gemara is going to quote various biblical sources to the idea that there's a prohibition to do malacha, to do forbidden activity on Cholomoed. However, others are of the opinion that it's only rabbinic. It's only a rabbinic prohibition. And then they would have to explain this Gemara as not being a real source, a biblical source, but it's just a hint. We find a hint to it in the Torah, but it's really just a rabbinical prohibition. And then you have the third school of thought, which says that certain things, certain actions are biblically prohibited, and others are a rabbinic prohibition. Um, so they're really, it depends on really what you're doing, which is a more co- complicated uh, opinion. And so I, I'm, we're not going to get into the, to the exact details, but in the end of the day, there's a big dispute here, whether it's a biblical prohibition or a rabbinic prohibition. Part of this also depends is... is Based on the following, on Chalamoy, during these, during these intermediary days, there are a lot more leniencies than on Shabbos, than on Yantiv itself. Uh, we, we are lenient if, it's, if it causes a significant financial loss, or if it's for the purpose of the holiday itself. Um, there, are different, there are different reasons to have uh, this, uh, this uh, lenient, there are different reasons to have a, lean, a, a greater leniency when it comes to Chalamoy as opposed to when it comes to uh, Yantiv. So some want to say, if there were so many leniencies, it must be that the whole thing is just a rabbinic prohibition. Others say that, no, it's a biblical prohibition. But this biblical prohibition is a unique type of biblical prohibition. It's a biblical prohibition to say you're not allowed to do forbidden activity, but some pro- but some things you are allowed to do. And it was given over to the rabbis. The rabbis decide ultimately what you are allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do on a cholamoid, uh, which is an interesting concept, that the Torah says that the rabbis could decide what is prohibited and what is not prohibited, which is why you have all these different leniencies. If you say, one final point here, is that if you say that it's a rabbinic prohibition, why would they create this rabbinic prohibition? If at the end of the day, on a biblical level, this is not prohibited, you're allowed to do whatever you want on a biblical level, on Cholamoe, during these intermediary days, so then why would you say that there's a rabbinic prohibition? So some of the commentators explain that there's a rabbinic prohibition because they want to make sure that these days are really, they're different. These are different days. These are also days that are, are different than a regular weekday. And so the way they made this into a, a different day, reg, that it's different than a regular weekday, is by saying that uh, certain things are prohibited. Certain things are allowed, but other things are prohibited. Because at the end of the day, uh, many say that you should, you should treat these days differently. You should wear different types of clothing, nicer types of clothing. You should also have a meal during these, a, a more significant meal than you would have during a regular weekday. It's, it's still part of the Chag. It's still part of the holiday of Sukkot and of Pesach. So now let's go through these five different sources. Source number one. Detana Rabbanan. It's taught in a brace. It says in the verse with regards to the Pesach. That you should keep it for seven days. You should safeguard it for seven days. Uses the phrase. that What does it mean to keep it for seven days for on Pesach? Tishmor. Tishmor is to guard it. That you should prevent yourself from performing forbidden activity. For all seven days, for all seven days, meaning even the intermediary days, they are prohibited from doing Malacha Divrei Rabbi Yosha. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yosha. The original source comes from Pesach, but it would apply to Sukkis as well. Say That's all one source. Second source, Rabbi Yonatan Omer. Rabbi Yonatan says, Enot Tzarech, turning the page here to 1882, you don't need that source that was just quoted. Rather, it's based on a Kalva Chomer, a concept called a Kalva Chomer. A Kalva Chomer is... Is uh, is as follows. It says he's going to explain exactly what this is. Uma rishon v'shvi. It's saying that if the following is true, then certainly the 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 next step is also true. So we say uma rishon v'shvi. Just like 
If the first and seventh day of Pesach, the first and seventh day of Pesach doesn't have any holiness before or after it, the first day comes directly after a regular weekday, the last day after the last day, it's a regular weekday. And nevertheless, nevertheless, it has a prohibition to do forbidden activity. So then, the intermediary days, which are, which are, um, has bookends of Kedusha, of holiness. The first day has holiness, that you can't do malacha, you can't do forbidden activity. The last day, you're not allowed to do forbidden activity. So then certainly the middle days should also have uh, forbidden activity. So then, So then certainly those days would be have a prohibition of of uh, forbidden activities. That if the first days where it's not surrounded by other days of Kedusha, of holiness, where there's a but there's a prohibition to do activities. So then certainly the middle days will have that prohibition if they are have the bookends have this prohibition. So the, the Gemara then asks, so the Brisa continues and says, is that really true? But But every week, think about every week, every week is surrounded by a Shabbos before and a Shabbos after. Shabbos you're not allowed to do forbidden activity. The first Shabbos, the Shabbos after, you, you're not allowed to do forbidden activity. In between, we have the six days of the week. The six days of the week, you're allowed to do activity. You're allowed to do whatever you want. You're allowed to do. Uh, you're not. You're not. Uh, you're not constricted. You're allowed to do uh, all the activities that you want to do that are prohibited on Shabbos. And so too, when it comes to Cholamoid, how can you? What kind of Kavah Homer is this? What kind of statement is this to say that if the first day has uh, is forbidden to do activities and the last day is forbidden to do activities and the middle day is certainly it's forbidden, but every week it's permissible, even though it's surrounded by a Shabbos. And that's the question of the Gemara. So the Gemara answers, no, what are you talking about? During the six days of the week, it's not unique. It doesn't have its own special sacrifice of a Korban Musaf, a special sacrifice just for the holiday. On Chol Moed, during these intermediary days, besides for being having the bookends of holiness where it's forbidden to do activity, but the days themselves, every single day, the the there's a requirement to bring a unique Korban every single day of Cholomoed, so it has an added element of being connected to the holiday. So the six days of the week, they don't have a special korban. Tomer b'chol Cholomoed, sheish korban musaf, but Cholomoed does have the korban musaf. It does bring a special sacrifice for the day itself. So the asks, what are you talking about? Rosh Chodesh yochichu. Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of every month, is Rosh Chodesh. It's called Rosh Chodesh. That's the beginning of every month. It ha- it's, it ha- that also has a a, uh, a a korban musaf, a sacrifice, but yet there, but we know that on Rosh Chodesh, you're allowed to do activity. There's nothing prohibited on, on Rosh Chodesh that's unique to Rosh Chodesh, even though there, there's a Korban Musaf. There we do have a, a Korban Musaf. So how can you tell me that just because there's a unique Korban, a unique sacrifice for Chalam Moed, that it should, it, it should have forbidden activity? So the Gemara answers, Mal Rosh Chodesh, Yenkari Mikra Kodesh, Tomer B'chol Shemoed, Shekari Mikra Kodesh, Hol V'Kari Mikra Kodesh, Din Husha Asr Basiyas Malacha, the Gemara answer is that Chola Moed is unique because it's different than Rosh Chodesh. Chola Moed is called Mikre Kodesh. In the Torah, it says explicitly that Chola Moed is called Kodesh. It's called Holy. So Chola Moed is three things. It's called Holy. And it has the special sacrifice every single day of the intermediary days. And its bookends have holiness and it's forbidden to do activity. So then certainly in the middle days, in, during those intermediary days of Chola Moed, it would have forbidden activity. And so that is the second source. Okay, the Gemara has three more sources to go. We have three more sources to go, a total of five. Tanya Idach, it's also taught. 
The verse says, don't do any work. It says you can't do any work, and then it says for a seven-day period. Right after that, it says for seven days. So since it says right after that for seven days, so then it's telling you for seven days you shouldn't do any work. That's what the opinion of Rabbi Yosei That's source number three. Source number four now, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, In a tarot, you don't need it. Why? Harayu Omer, Hashem. The first says, Elamod Hashem. And then it ends up by saying, Mikrei Kodesh. These are the holidays of Hashem that are holy. What is that verse referring to? In Barishon, If it's referring to the first day of Sukkot, the context there is in Sukkot. If the first time of the first day, the first day already says, Shabbaton. It's already a day of rest. If in Bishmini, if it's talking about the eighth day, there too it also already says that it's a day of rest. So when it tells you that it's called the holy day, that it's a day of rest, it can't be referring to the first day, can't be referring to the last day. It must be referring to during the intermediary days. To tell you that there's a prohibition of doing forbidden activities on Cholomoed itself. That is source number four. Finally, source number five. Tani Idach, it was taught in a Brisa from the time periods of the Mishnah. Six days you should eat matzahs. Pesach is coming up, so it's appropriate. Six days you should eat matzahs. On the seventh day, the verse says, it should be an atzeres to Hashem. You should refrain. It should be a form of atzeres, a language of stopping. You should refrain, restrain yourself for Hashem. Moving on to 1883. So there's a connection between the seven days and then the eighth day. It says, Sorry, for six days and then the seventh day. For six days you eat matzah. The seventh day you don't do work. So there's some sort of connection here between six and seven. So then where it says, Mashvi, Atzer, just like the seventh day, you're not allowed to do work. So then it connects to the previous six days. Afsheshis Yamim Atzer. And so to the other six days, you're not allowed to do any work. And now the following is a key line here. The Gemara then asks, Mashvi, If that's true, that there's a connection between the seventh day, the last day of Pesach, and the intermediary, di- intermediary days. So then it should be that everything that's prohibited on the seventh day should also be prohibited during the intermediary days. And we know that that's not true. That on Chol Moed, we are a lot more lenient than the actual day of Yantiv. So the Gemara answers, no, That's why it says, at the end it says, on the seventh day, it's in Atzeres, it's a restraint. There's a, there's a central focus on the seventh day. So even though we connect the first six days to the seventh day, the seventh day is, we're more strict with regards to the seventh day than during the intermediary days during Cholomoid. Hashvi Atzer The seventh day, there's a prohibition for all uh, forbidden action. But the other six days are not forbidden in all action. It was given over to the sages, as we mentioned in the beginning. Given over to the rabbis. To tell us, first of all, when we celebrate the days, we, we the, the rabbis decide based on the moon when it's Rosh Chodesh and then when it is the actual holiday of Pesach and Sukkot. They also tell us, It also tells us what is prohibited and what is allowed because that was given over to the rabbis to decide. Even if you say it's a biblical law, the Torah tells us that the rabbis have the right to decide what is allowed, what is not allowed, and therefore we are more lenient when it comes to the the uh, the laws of Cholomoed than as opposed to the laws of the Yantiv itself. Okay, we will continue in our next recording.